All right, today's topic is going to be about property management and about having professional property management. Had an interesting news story, really disturbing, actually, and it hits a little close to home uh, this week, where a tenant in southern Utah got an altercation with his landlord and uh, ended up uh, getting a shotgun and shooting the landlord twice and killed the landlord. This is the second instance of of this going on in Utah in the last few months. Uh, happened to another landlord up in Salt Lake. And there's been other news stories where landlords have been threatened, uh, abused, uh, beat up, whatever. And so very, very concerning um, to, to see that in the news this week. Yeah, sure is. And, you know, it was just over, I think, last winter time. there was a realtor, a real popular guy, a realtor associate. And, um, yeah, he went to, to try to solve a dispute between tenants, and it ended really badly. And, and that was a, really a high-profile case. So what are we doing today, Jared? Are we trying to scare people from <laughs> from managing their rental properties? No, but it is a reality, I think, that uh, property managers do face, that there are some very volatile situations. And we've encountered them over the years. And uh, we, upon reading this news story this week, we brought our property manager in and just made sure we talked about some, some precautions, safety yeah. uh, issues here. And he's aware of those. And uh, by the way, a property manager, a good property manager, what a thankless job in, yeah. in some respects because they have people yelling. They've got, uh, this week we had a parent, you know, getting involved in their daughter's lease and, and she was kind of mad and all these things because... You know, they get the they get this the one side of the story from their right. darling, their little darling there, and so uh, we sort of deal with a lot of interesting situations. But it can become dangerous to be <laughs> to be a landlord, and it's not it's not a laughing matter. It's just that uh, we just have a lot of stories we could share. But that's not the point of today. Today we're kind of gonna go over why you should really consider hiring a property manager. Yeah. We've said this before on this show. I mean, we want to help people invest in real estate. We don't want them to become landlords. I mean, landlording is a low payout activity. Yeah, um, It's draining in a number of different ways, and mm-hmm. it can cause a lot of discouragement for our investor clients, so much so that they may not want to buy additional properties right. or they may want to sell their properties, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is a big mistake mm-hmm. um, in a lot of cases. And so, you know, what we want people to understand is that when they're investing in real estate, we want them to feel comfortable turning it over to a property manager. And so mm-hmm. we have today the top 10 reasons to hire not only a property manager, but I want to emphasize hiring a great property manager. because yeah, there's a difference. A lot of property <laughs> managers out there, just like realtors, loan officers, insurance people, whatever. There's always those that are sort of at the bottom of the industry. They're not professional. They're not ethical. And they're going to cause a lot of headaches for yeah, you, they where are. they're supposed to be taking a lot of the stress of owning this property off your shoulders. Yeah. In some cases, they can put more stress on your shoulders. Yeah, and, and so today, top 10 reasons to hire a great property manager. Uh, this is actually on our website. We sat, sat down many many years ago and came up the, with this uh, with this list here there are a lot more than 10 reasons by the way sure. but we came up with this and uh, you can actually find that on our website uh, maybe we could attach it to the post here uh, yeah. but uh, you got to read through this it's clear it's concise it builds a very good case on what it is that you you want to do with your rental properties going forward yeah well so the, let's start with the very first one Jared 
Well, the first one is uh, is filling vacancies. Um, you know, it's very time consuming to turn over a property. Mm-hmm. And so when you got to advertise it, you got to take phone calls, you got to show the rental. It's, uh, it's a lot of effort. And you got to keep this advertising fresh all the time. People are calling you day or night on the weekends. And you set something up with them and they don't show up. Or mm-hmm. you, you get to the property on time and they're calling you five minutes after that time and saying, hey, I'm 30 minutes late. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if you've got a couple of different vacancies at any given time, I mean, just those two vacancies can, can cause a, a lot of uh, a time to be spent on that. Mm-hmm. Um, you really want to have a property manager who's uh, got multiple different ways to advertise mm-hmm. um, and who um, has other vacancies out there that's maybe, maybe somebody's calling on one home and it's not quite right for them, but they say, hey, look, we've got... This home that I think would fit your needs, it sounds like it's more what you're looking for. And so we've always got people calling in uh, to look for a rental. And so that really does help to facilitate filling vacancies even for other owners. Yeah. So I think that's a big one. We don't have a magic wand per se, but again, to have a dedicated full-time effort to filling that vacancy is going to fill it quicker, hopefully for more money and with a better tenant. Yeah. And that's where it starts, guys. We can't have vacancies on a rental property. It just it hurts too much. So you want to stop that, uh, stop the bleeding. If you've got a payment on that rental property, you want to stop that right away. Yeah. And uh, you're just I've seen a lot of people just not get to it. They just don't get to it. They have other things yeah, to do in their they, life. They do. And, and you know what? Just another point on that too is that a, a good property manager is in the market. Uh, you know, every every day they know what things are running for. They know what the market's going to do. They seasonally they know what's going to happen with the market. Sometimes it slows down. Um, and so, you know, when you have a vacancy come up once a year, you you really aren't plugged into the market. Yeah. Uh, like a property manager is. And so uh, I think that market knowledge, being in the market consistently is really important and it's going to be very helpful in filling that vacancy. Yeah. Next one's tenant screening, which is something we just really pride ourselves on doing because bad tenants can cost you thousands of dollars in wow. lost rent. Yeah. And, and, and maybe even they do damage and maybe there's legal fees. So bad tenants are really, they are just, they take the fun out of owning rental properties. Whereas yeah. good tenants, man, it just becomes a dream. It's yeah. like, it's a like cash cow. It's a yeah. machine. You're printing money mm-hmm. when you got good tenants that stay there for a very long time. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And in fact, Justin, you haven't had a chance to take a look at it, but I did do um, a, a podcast or some training to help people uh, go through our system of screening tenants. Well, I think that's the podcast you did without me. And I think you were in here for a good solid 45 minutes. I went pretty deep into it. So it's a huge topic. Yeah, I think people will hopefully will appreciate what I've done with that. So look for that episode coming soon. Uh, May already be out by the time you listen to this one. But uh, feel free to look up that episode. And if you're struggling with that or have questions about that, I think you're going to find a lot of answers in that uh, podcast. But, um, you know, we are very careful to scrutinize our tenants and um, we post online what our criteria are and just having that criteria and just knowing that there's a professional management company involved is enough actually to scare away 
bad tenants. It's, and it really does and can scare away those tenants that are professional tenants because they know that they're going to have a credit check pulled, a background check pulled, uh, landlord references are going to be checked. I mean, there's a lot of different things we do. And so a bad tenant, a lot of times, is just not even going to apply. Mm-hmm. Whereas if they see that it's, uh, you know, Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so that has this one rental vacancy, um, they will they will prey on those types of landlords. And, and that mm-hmm. is a fact because I've seen it over and over again. So mm-hmm. you always want to be very careful with that. There are people that are out there to intentionally do damage and harm to landlords. Yeah, and you have to be you have to ask some pretty uncomfortable questions, but you also have to be very careful about what questions you ask when you're screening a tenant. And you know, just yeah. briefly, maybe just go through. I know you just unpacked all of that for forty five minutes, another podcast, but just briefly, what are we doing to screen tenants? So you know, we have some tools that we have that most landlords are not using: credit check, criminal background check. We are. Um, talking to their current landlord and their past landlords. We are verifying employment. We're going to look at their monthly debt, add in the proposed rental payment, and calculate their debt-to-income ratio. It's really important. We are talking to personal references. We're doing some social media searching, some Google searching uh, on names. We've had, just the other day, we had somebody pop up on a Google search, and they are being charged currently, right now, with several counts of fraud. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that's just in a nutshell what we're doing, but there's so much more to that. Yeah, and it starts really, the tenant screening process starts with a great application. And yeah. that's where a lot of people go wrong. They don't have an application. That application has so much information, including their social security number. Yeah. It also has in case of emergency contacts. Hopefully we'll never have an emergency yeah. you know, involving that tenant. But what we really like is that we've got their mother's name yeah. and number or we've got their yeah. brother's name and number. So these are all really important things to have. Yep. Very good. Uh, again, look up that episode that I did. Yeah. And uh, I'll actually on that episode share a generic application that you can use. And I've got a whole system for you to be able to take advantage of and, and use because I want you to be successful. Whether you're using us or doing it yourself, I want to raise the level of landlording in this area. Okay, and, and, and I just want to make the point that Jared and I, especially Jared in that particular case, is being so generous. That information comes from 15 years of placing yeah. thousands of tenants. Yes, it does. If, you, if you're interested in real estate investing, you better do yourself a favor and watch or listen to that episode. We want to give you great content and uh, some exciting information that yeah. you can use. Very good. Well, you know, we've, as you mentioned, we've been doing this for 15 years, and um, this is a really litigious business to be in. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and on a daily basis, and we're very good property managers. We're very good to our tenants, but on a daily basis, somebody's threatening to take us to court or something yeah. like that. It's usually like a California parent, or well, so. or somebody. We you, joke about you, that. You, you know, <laughs> you had the gall to take out a hundred dollars uh, for a hole in the wall that they punched, or yeah. something, you know, or whatever. Their kids stained some carpets, and oh, I'm going to sue you for everything you're worth, you know, over a hundred dollar thing. Yeah. So I mean, we're we're getting that all the time, but. Um, we also are, are monitoring constantly current case law and um, uh, law changes in the real estate, property management, landlording industry uh, here locally and nationally. 
And there's a lot of changes that have been made in oh, 15 years. Tremendous. Uh, we uh, keep tabs on this because I'm involved with the Utah Apartment Association. Uh, our attorney. Jared's does, on the board. He didn't want to say that, but Jared's uh, on the board. Our, our attorney that we use is um, very plugged into the to the landlording scene, obviously. And so they send out bulletins and they do classes and things like that. So it has become more and more difficult to be a rental property owner and more changes regulations that are that are favorable to tenants now we want to make sure that tenants are taken care of and their rights are preserved mm-hmm. but there's some crazy crazy things that are going on yeah. and it's in, coming to utah yeah they're they're already in place in neighboring states which very is, much you know, so. scary. but you know just to mention some that we've known about for a long time when we sell a residential property that was built pre-1978 we have to have a lead-based paint disclosure yeah. but when you rent a property that's pre-1978, yeah. you also need to provide yeah. the uh, the whole booklet, how to protect your family from lead-based paint, have them sign the lead-based paint disclosure, etc. We know about those kinds of things, but man, what are some of the things that have just been crazy to deal with? Uh, and if you don't do it right, boy, you're in trouble. I think you know where I'm going. But I one think thing, the biggest one is fair housing laws. Yeah. Um, if that's maybe what you're referring to. Well, it, it, it is part of fair housing, and that is service animals. Yeah. Which we don't want to, maybe we'll do a podcast on service animals. We probably could, and and that could be very helpful to some of our listeners. Yeah. But um, whether you own one rental or a hundred rentals, you know, you really need to be aware of fair housing laws because it is the right way to do business. We don't Mm -hmm. want to discriminate against people based on those types of criteria. Uh, It's the fair and, and reasonable way to do business. Yeah. But if you have uh, three or more rental properties, you're going to be subject to some of these fair housing laws. And the government doesn't joke around. Um, if you get uh, reported and they find you guilty of a fair housing violation, mm-hmm. uh, it can be a $10,000 fine. I mean, that quick. And some of these judges are looking to make examples out of people. Yeah. And so if you don't understand what the protected classes are, uh, you're going to get yourself into some serious trouble. Well, we've talked about this for years. I mean, who's checking up on these things? Who's who's looking for violations? Well, I'm here to tell you that they are. There are people oh. that are making phone calls to landlords yes. and asking questions. And depending on how that question is answered, they're ready to strike at you. That is a proven fact that there are testers out there in the market. Yeah. And and again, there should be because you should, you know, I don't I don't I think it's it's just morally wrong to um, discriminate against somebody because right. of maybe the way they talk, their accent or where they're from or the color of their skin or whatever. Uh, but uh, there are testers out there, and they will call and they will answer, ask you specific questions, and and you you can get you can get flagged. Right. Uh, but yes, so Justin mentioned emotional support animals, and that's a hot uh, topic right now. Um, we maybe that could be a really good podcast episode. But uh, do some studying on that now. If, you, if you're going to continue to manage your property yourself, a good property management company is trained in fair housing laws. They know mm-hmm. how to process an application so that it's compliant with that right. and screen tenants so that we're not violating any of those and making sure that you have a property management company that's being proactive in doing some training. So I'm sending our staff to training. We're all doing training within our office all the time so that we are making sure to comply with those laws. Well, you got to comply with the law. And also that starts with the lease. I I have looked over so many leases over the years. I know you have too. 
and I asked the owners, where did you get this lease? Well, I found it online. Yeah. And it is a lease that does not comply with, uh, with Utah law, which is every state has all, many times a very different set of tenant landlord yeah. law. Yeah. And so you may not even have a valid lease because the lease that you have is written yeah. for somewhere else, another state. So complying with the law well, is just so big here. I mean, we again, we could just say so much about this. Yeah, I've had um, people who do it themselves say, well, if my tenant doesn't pay rent, I'm just going to go change the locks and lock them out. Can't do that. Don't, don't do that. Uh, oh, they're not paying their rent. I'm going to turn. I, I'm pay, I've got the water bill in my name. I'm going to turn the water bill yeah. off. Can't do that. Yeah. Right? So... Um, you know, even there's laws against even entering into the property. You know, there's what about if somebody abandons the, the, right. the place and they leave some personal belongings in the house? They might look like junk people, but they that's make a, a case that could that's be not. a very scary situation <laughs> yes. for a landlord that doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah. The, as I started this section to begin with, there are so many laws, there are more to come, it becomes more and more difficult. Uh, for the for just an average you know one or two unit owner yeah. to keep up with that and keep themselves out of trouble because if you violate those we're talking about some serious legal battles yeah, we are well let's move on to rent collection uh, which boy that's a good day when the rent comes in everybody's on time yeah uh, it's awesome there's a lot of accounting that has to happen with the rents that come in. Let's just pretend, because it doesn't happen very often, does it, <laughs> that people are a little late on their rent. It does. It happens. It, we know it that. happens, and it even happens to a lot of our good tenants. Very who just good had tenants. a transmission that went out, or they had a medical bill, or something right. like that. And so what do you do in that situation? I come across landlords all the time who say to me, hey, I've really got a bad situation here. Maybe you can help me. My tenant hasn't paid rent for six months. Oh, my goodness. Uh, it, it, uh, and they don't know what to do, or they've been trying to evict them for six months. By the way, that is you know? that that accounts for years and years and years of professional property management services. Oh right my there. goodness, yes, I mean, you, could you could have, have paid, paid paid a property a management fee for a long time. <laughs> so, um, you know, you we we have a system around here. When when you know it's time at the beginning of the month to collect rents. Of course, our tenants are able to pay in multiple different ways, including online, which is so convenient for very a tenant convenient for if you're them. not set up for that. It's all accounted for. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to have a tenant say, hey, I paid you the rent, you know, and I, they make some claim and you're like, no, I didn't get the rent. Well, I put it there. What, you, you know, we have ways to handle to make sure that that money is getting where it needs to be and that it's accounted for. We don't have those yeah. kinds of um, debates where I know a lot of other landlords do. So right. that's important. So then, you know, once they haven't paid the rent, then what do you do if they didn't? So we have a system of serving uh, notices and getting right on top of rent collection and not letting people get behind. At a certain point in the month, we're turning them over to the attorney. Right. So even, Jared, even if you've got a really good tenant and they have a legitimate excuse of why they couldn't make the rent, it's still really important to do what? Well, you know, at some point we can, you know, if it makes some sense, we can show a little bit of um, patience. Right. We can make some deals. Uh, but we still are going to be uh, aggressive. We're going to serve notices. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to go to an attorney at some point. And so we don't just let people go weeks and weeks without paying rent. Yeah. We either have to have a plan, some kind of a payment plan with them, some kind of a, you know, there's light at the end of that uh, the tunnel there that they'll be able to make Something this. Something to sink our teeth into. So, so we do have to sort of start, and that sounds scary that we have to start the eviction process. 
but we have to post those notices. Yeah. Because if we can't solve this problem, it's not th at that point that we start the eviction process, right? right? So we've got to do that right away, and, yeah. and, and we're, we're trying to be very consistent on, on letting people yeah. know that we will do that. That is our job. Yeah, right? if, if people know that you're bluffing or people feel like mm -hmm. that, you know, you're going to let them get away with stuff, they, they will take advantage of that. And so I see, again, I come across a lot of landlords who people have been living in there a long time, and they haven't been uh, increasing or haven't been paying their rent. Um, well, and maybe just to piggyback on that, and I know we'll get back to it, but I hope you're, I hope that you're renting your properties for market value. Because mm. boy, do we see a lot of below market value rents. We'll cover that maybe another time. Well, but, I mean, we could say that now because I think that is a really good reason. Well, mm. I will share one that we just took on. It was a, a, a sweet lady who owns a, a, basically a twin home. She owns both units. She was renting it for nine fifty. Yeah. We went in there, tuned it up a little bit. We're getting twelve hundred bucks. Yeah, and that pays for our management fee plus gives her an extra, you yeah. know, two hundred bucks. Well, a very really common scenario, <clears throat> excuse me, is that somebody has a good a good tenant, and that tenant's been in there for three, four, five years, and five years later they're still paying the same amount yeah. of rent that they right. were paying when they moved in. Mm -hmm. And I. I I don't like to see that situation um, because for a couple of reasons. One, the owner's losing money. Mm -hmm. You know, at some point the owner is going to say, "Hey, um, we need to raise the rent," and all of a sudden that rent's going up two hundred dollars. Well, that tenant's moving out. <laughs> so if you would have gone up, you know, twenty five, thirty five dollars right. a year, right. and that's not a, that's not being a greedy landlord. Your expenses go up twenty five, thirty five dollars a year easily, yeah. and so. Um, you know, a, a, a property manager who's monitoring that every time that lease comes up and is increasing that rent is uh, that's really important. And again, we start to pay for our own fee when we do just little things like yeah. that. Yeah. You know, we start to pay for that management fee. Yeah. Okay. Oh, man, inspections. Yeah. You know, uh, personally, I don't even like to go into our own rental properties, the ones that we own. Yeah. And just so everybody knows, I'm not really in... <laughs> I'm too nice for property management. <laughs> Jared knows this. So I don't really do a lot of a lot of property management. I, I really don't oversee those activities at all. But uh, I personally don't like to go into our own rental properties. Uh, and you probably don't like to either if you're listening to this and you have rental properties because, um, you know, it, it's, it's people live maybe a little bit differently than you. And uh, But inspections are so important. Yeah. And, um, and it's, you know... If a tenant is really doing great and they're just wonderful to work with, uh, we don't need to get in there very often. But what generally are we doing to inspect these properties? Well, we're looking for a couple of things. Number one, um, we do uh, drive-by inspections more often than yes. we do interior inspections. I'll go out of my way to go do a drive-by inspection. If I'm in a neighborhood and I know we have a rental right around the corner, I'm going to go drive by there. If they have exterior maintenance responsibilities, I want to make sure that that's happening. Uh, so we're looking at whether or not they're maintaining the home if it's clean, if it's organized, if they're doing any damage. Those are the no-brainer type of things. But other things that people aren't thinking about, we're doing inspections to make sure that the people that are living there are the people that are on the lease. Yeah. That, you know, Uncle Rob hasn't moved oh, in, or, you know, the the parents are there, and now all of a sudden their daughter and son-in-law are living there with three kids. Um we, I'm very scared when we find somebody living in one of our rental units that's not supposed to be in there. Yeah. 
so we're checking on that. We're going to look to see if anybody's smoking. We're going to look to see if there's any pets. Yeah, maybe they are acquired on the a lease. new pet. Yeah, mm-hmm. it happens all the time, and yeah. you you catch that through these inspections. Otherwise, you just don't know. And so, you know, we have a whole checklist that we go through when we go do an inspection. We're also looking at things like, you know, are they changing the furnace filter? Um, is the are the hose disconnected from the hose spigots when it gets cold? Mm-hmm. Because we that that kind of thing can cause some flooding. Um, just a number of different things that uh, that we want to look at. Yeah, test smoke detectors. Test. We're testing smoke detectors. You know, making it, sure they haven't pulled them off the ceiling. We find that all the time. Instead of replacing a battery, they take the smoke detector off. Okay. Mm-hmm. So those inspections are really important. And you're right, Justin. It can be really, it can be awkward for a landlord to go through somebody's home, and to do it professionally, and and then to take any kind of corrective action that is needed. That that can be the I, most I've difficult. had to tell people flat out, hey, and and I know I'm trying not to be a jerk about it, but you're not maintaining this property at the level that we expect. Yeah. You need to clean up. Okay, and 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 I, I sometimes I've had to be that direct with people. They may be paying their rent on time, and they may be actually be pretty nice people. They just choose to live in a little bit, you know, a little bit filthy environment, and and we cannot allow that to happen. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, to be able to enforce that part of the lease, it it can be a little daunting for people. Well, and you use a word which is enforcement, mm-hmm. and. Uh, all our goal is to do, to do is to enforce the lease. I mean, we're going to come back to that over and over again. We are enforcing the lease. Yep. So if it's a surprise that we ask the, the tenant to mow the lawn because it's you know eight inches high, that should never be a surprise. It's in the lease. Yeah, it's in the lease. And we are so good about you know explaining the lease and making sure that people know what their obligations are. Yeah. But enforcing the lease, unfortunately, is awkward. It should never be because we've already set up those conditions. But it is. If you if you have a good lease agreement, then you can always blame the lease agreement. That's that's kind of maybe that's what I'm getting at. You can blame the lease agreement. Yeah. You signed it. We signed it. It's not you being a jerk. Mm-hmm. You, and you like what you just said. Both parties have signed this lease. We need to do what the lease says, mm-hmm. and so we can always blame the lease. But yeah. it starts by having a good lease agreement, which goes back to compliance with the law. You know that's one of the reasons we talked about about having a property manager. Okay. Uh, next one, maintenance. Maintenance. I love this one because uh, I think this is a, a, one of the ways that we really pay for ourselves. Big time. You know, people have a leaky toilet and they call a plumber out of the yellow pages. And $150 later, the plumber comes out and spends 10 minutes fixing it. Yeah. And we had to send a, a licensed handyman out there who has the license allows him to do some uh, basic electrical and some basic plumbing. And he takes care of that thing for $50, $60. Yeah. Uh, that's a really common scenario that we see all the time. Oh, big time. Especially when you're dealing with trades like the plumbing, electrical, HVAC. We've got an HVAC technician, for example, uh, that is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And um, we have referred him so many times to different clients that we're not even managing for, where they might have gotten a bid to get something fixed or replaced. Um, from that company, and then our guy comes in there and says, "Hey, you, you know, this is what my bid would be, or you don't need to do that. We can do it this way." And it saved them two thousand dollars. Yeah. I mean, that happens all the time. Mm-hmm. And so, if we just saved one of our clients, one of our owner clients, um, five hundred dollars on a repair, 
uh, that's just paid for our property management fees for you know yeah. a, a few months. And so getting that maintenance done is great. Some landlords, I mean, they just hate, they hate to get that call that something's wrong because they don't know what to do about it. They don't have resources to call somebody, and they just know every time there's a maintenance issue, it's going to cost them an arm and a leg. We really do pride ourselves on finding good uh, personnel, good um, contractors that are licensed and insured Mm -hmm. to go out there and work on our clients' properties and do it at a rate that's very, very affordable. I mean, hopefully a lot better than just the market rates that that, that somebody else is charging out there. Yeah. So you have reactive maintenance, which is what we're talking about, but then we have a lot of proactive maintenance, uh, which this time of year is front and center. Tell, yeah. us, tell us about what we're doing there. Yeah, uh, among other things, uh, you know, in Utah, we have seasons, and uh, it's, uh, in fact, this, this morning, it was below freezing. So we've got, uh, we've about three weeks ago, we've started this process of making sure that all of our sprinkler systems are winterized. We have some evaporative coolers on roofs, so those need to be drained and winterized. Um, that I mentioned earlier that we're checking to make sure that uh, hoses are not connected to the house. Um, we're doing some uh, proactive uh, fertilizing. I mean, I think one of the most important applications of fertilizer that you can do is right now in the fall before the snow flies. And it really gives some nutrients and really fortifies your lawn uh, for the cold winter that's coming. And so we're doing some of those proactive things, again, at rates that are really incredible rates. We're negotiating bulk rates. Yeah, I mean, just so you know, we we may uh, request 200 properties to be, you know, uh, fertilized, winterized yeah. or fertilized or yeah. whatever. So we are we are negotiating some really good rates on on that kind of maintenance for sure. Absolutely. So, um, you know, and here's the other thing too. This is where you can get yourself into legal trouble. You know, if, if somebody's furnace goes out and a week goes by and you haven't got it fixed, yeah, you're violating uh, Fit Premises Act uh, yeah. here in Utah, and so. Um, we get right on top of things. We don't want to let things fester. I've seen landlords let leaks not get fixed, and all of a sudden now there's you know two thousand dollars worth of damage because water is coming through the basement ceiling. Yeah. So we want to be right on top of this kind of stuff. And if if you, if you do that and you take that approach, you're going to save a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's a that's a point worth uh, worth making there. Um, middle of the night calls. I mean, I, all hours of the night. It isn't, it's not like it's happening every week or something like that. But I've responded to um, apartment fires mm-hmm. at uh, midnight. I've uh, responded to flooding 3 o'clock in the morning. I mean, like a foot of water in the basement. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think we had a carbon monoxide issue. We've had a carbon uh, monoxide issue. It was very scary. Many years ago. Yep. Yeah. And it's uncanny. I mean, Thanksgiving, Christmas. I mean, maintenance knows no holidays, right? (laughs) These problems come up all the time. That's a killer for a landlord who's just trying to enjoy some time with their family. And it's not that I enjoy responding to those calls on Thanksgiving or, but that's what our owner clients have contracted with us to do. And so we're calling our HVAC guy on Christmas Day to go get somebody's heat on. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that happens. I, I don't know. It just always seems to happen. Thanksgiving, last Thanksgiving, they had a tenant. They were entertaining a bunch of family. Their water heater went out on Wednesday night. Yeah. It was after hours on Wednesday night. The next day Why? was Thanksgiving. Why not Wednesday at 2 p.m.? Yeah, Wednesday <laughs> at 2 p.m. would have been fantastic. <laughs> better. Anyway, um, 
you know, we're, we really do aim to pay for ourselves, And a lot of how we pay for ourselves is through that, that maintenance. Right. All right. So back uh, how we started this, which is uh, tenant interaction, uh, you need separation between you and the tenants. In fact, the tenants should never even know who you are. Yeah. Uh, when you have rental properties, don't hold those in your, in your name. Uh, don't say Justin Showers LLC and put some properties in there. Don't be vain. You need to come up with an entity that they're not going to be able to track down very easily because you simply don't want people to know how to get a hold of you ever. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and like this poor landlord down in southern Utah, um, you know, you paid the ultimate price there, obviously. That's a scary situation because yeah. the tenants knew who he was and he was interfacing with the tenants and it got heated and it yeah. probably wasn't that one instance. It's probably been going on for months. But you should never have any uh, tenant interaction. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And 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 I actually we we do manage for some very savvy people um, who property management wise know how how to, to to manage properties and they've run their own rental properties for a long time. But it's for this reason, this yeah. interaction with tenants that they hire us. You know, sometimes people it seems like and we say this sort of jokingly, but tenants when they sign a lease agreement, sometimes they think you've signed adoption papers and so yeah. all of a sudden become, all of their problems become, become part of the family. Yeah. yeah. And so when they have car problems, when they have medical problems, when they have relationship problems and all this, this they, you know about it as this landlord. This is all coming back on <laughs> us as the property manager. And you know, when you're doing it yourself, that can be a real real headache. Um Interestingly enough, when we, all of our properties that we own, we have our property managers manage. Yeah. I used to handle a lot of that stuff personally for our own portfolio, mm-hmm. and, which was dumb. Um, but I would find myself, who's a professional property manager, making decisions for our own portfolio that were different than the decisions I was making on behalf of our clients. Yeah. Why? Because human nature is you want to help somebody who's late with their rent and not charge them a late fee. Right. Or let them move in to the to the rental three days, four days earlier than the lease starts. You know, you want to be the good guy, and so you actually just human nature to have that wall, that separation between you and your tenant is so critical. And I'm telling you, you will lose money if you don't maintain that separation. Yeah, yeah. because you're not going to enforce uh, maybe a fee that you charge. Uh, for a late fee or a service of notice fee or prorated yeah. rent Start waiving fees so. or this you know they didn't leave the place very clean but you don't want to ruffle feathers and so you you go in and you clean it yourself or you hire somebody to clean it costs you two hundred dollars and you don't charge that to the tenant yeah. when clearly it should have been charged to the tenant yeah. people want to just having that separation is so so critical well property managers have to have a very special personality um, they they have to learn to see things uh, a little more black and white, and this is a violation of the lease. Um, you know, I've got to enforce this. I've got a job I to do. I have a job to do. If I don't do it, my kids don't eat because this is how I make a living. Can you see how powerful that position is when you're trying yeah. to deal with a tenant? Rather, and by the way, there's <laughs> I love this that tenants think this guy has a rental property. He must be rich. Yeah. Right. And the reality is many of our investors are not rich. They're on their way to becoming wealthy yeah. through real estate, but they, they're not rich. Yeah. And no. so they've got to get that rent, and a good property manager is going to get it for them. 
Well, and and I like a couple of things you said there. We are contractually obligated to our owner clients. We don't represent the tenant. Mm-hmm. We represent our owner uh, clients. And so um, we have a job to do. There's a lease agreement that we need to enforce. We're contractually obligated to represent our owner's interests. And so it's just a, it's coming at property management from a totally different perspective yeah. than if you own that property. And if the tenant knows you own that property, then they know it's you saying no to their request to allow uh, their, their, their puppy for Christmas or something like that, mm-hmm. you know. All right. So to piggyback on that, the next subject is tenant relations and how important it is to keep a great tenant. And you just said that we have a, a responsibility to our owners, but we have this idea that we want to offer amazing customer service to our tenants. And there's a reason for that. Well, the reason is is that tenant turnover is your going to be one of your most costly, if not the co- most costly expense. And so people don't like to move. But, you know, when 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 our industry does surveys as to why people move, one of the biggest reasons is is they they don't they don't get along with the landlord or their landlord's not responsive, they're not taking care of maintenance, uh, they're not uh, holding up their end of the bargain. And so providing that customer service to our tenants, again, we represent the owners, but we still owe, customer service. They're still our customers, the tenants. So we want to make sure that they're treated fairly, respectfully, that we're getting on top of maintenance, Mm -hmm. that we're handling their concerns. Because we are motivated to do that out of good business practice, out of making sure to keep people there, renewing their lease year after year. Yeah, we love it when people call us and say, hey, it's time for us to renew our lease. What do we need to do? And then we just send the paperwork out. Yeah. It's seamless. I just love it. And uh, what a great feeling that is to keep a good good tenant happy in, yeah. in place for a long time. Absolutely. Good. All right, so accounting. Um, you've really got to track your expenses and your income very carefully. Uh, well, you know? your, your accountant will sure appreciate it. Yeah. If you do, because um, that helps them get you the most out of any kind of deduction that, that you're entitled to. Yeah. So accounting for those funds is super important. It, it is. And we do things like um, uh, pay maintenance. So you're not having to cut checks for maintenance. We're paying in some case. I don't like to pay HOA fees. In fact, as an owner, <clears throat> I don't want my HOA fee paid by my property manager yeah. because same like with a mortgage I would never uh, trust I, somebody I to pay. I don't want to trust pay somebody my mortgage. with those kinds of payments. But occasionally we'll have to pay an HOA. I, I get some older clients that just are not capable sometimes of making those payments. So we've agreed to pay those. Um, so there's some of the accounting functions there. Um, I have some rentals and have had some rentals in the past where I'm actually not running them through our property manager, even though I just kind of said that. But um I've got a couple of them that come to mind, for example, and I'm keeping a track on a spreadsheet. And sometimes I'm not very good at bookkeeping those kinds of things. And so I have to go back every few months and I have to make sure that I've done it correctly. And sometimes I'm like, oh, what did they, you know, when did they pay that? And how much did they pay there? And we make it a lot easier, right? So we have really good software that we pay about $1,000 a month to use. Mm-hmm. And it tracks all of this income and all of the expenses. And so at the end of the year, actually every month, our clients are getting a statement mm-hmm. that shows any expenses, income coming in. And then at the end of the year, they're getting a statement so that they can hand that over to their 
uh, accountant, and so it makes tax time really quick, uh, very simple for them. And so uh, I just think this accounting piece is really important. Well, yeah, it it makes things so much more convenient for the owner. If we have uh, an issue and there's two or three contractors, three contractors need to go out there and they all have three different bills, you as an owner are not paying, you know, cutting three separate checks. We're cutting the checks to those contractors and then you're going to see that reflected in your monthly statement. And in fact, you won't even have to cut a check to us because we'll just take it out of the rent proceeds. So that just makes things so much easier for you and everybody gets paid. And by the way, that is one of the reasons why we have such good rates from our contractors because they know they'll get paid and quickly. Absolutely, yeah. Um, What's your time worth, Justin? I mean, this is, uh, you've got the business you're running, uh, your clients, you've got ways to make money, you've got your family, you've got church responsibilities. I mean, there's so much demand on your time. Yeah. And it's hard to put a dollar figure really to our time because of the way we make money, but uh, um, it's worth well, it's, it's worth a lot. Yeah, so there's time to do all these activities, but there's also you spending time worrying about all the things that you need to do. Sure. And so time worrying for me is, is um, gosh, it's worth it to just offload that to somebody else. Yeah. So, you know, you, you got into investing in real estate with the idea of becoming a real estate investor. Yeah. Nobody has ever said, I want to become a landlord. It is not a profession. It is not something you want to do. No. Uh, you want to be a real estate investor. And so this frees you up. Property management frees you up to go out there and and analyze deals, find great deals, yeah. and capitalize uh, your and use your skills and talents that are worth a whole lot more than just the day to day, you know, the mundane of property management. It's it's not it's not worth your time. Yeah. Um, it, you know, you've got to put some value on your time, and you've got to put some value on spending your time on things that. Are important like your families, uh, yeah. like your you know your church responsibility, community engagement, those kinds of things, and we only have so much of it in our day, right. and uh, so to pay whatever the property management fee is is well worth it, yeah. and so I just but a lot of people I come across they just don't understand this concept. Well, they just don't understand this concept, and it's surprising me how little they value their their time. Sure. And just for example, we actually come across a lot of realtors out there that are managing five or six properties. Yeah. And I think, man, that cannot be worth, not worth your it. time. Not worth it. Uh, you have to manage 100 properties in order to afford the best software to negotiate great rates with contractors, to have a little clout, in other words, mm-hmm. uh, to hire a staff, the bookkeeper. Um, we get economies because we manage so many properties. Yeah. And you just don't get those for 10 yeah. units. It's just not worth it. Yeah. Well, those are some reasons to hire a property manager. I think those are strong, compelling reasons to, uh, to hire a great property manager. And, um, you know, I, I, I just love that we can put our own properties into our system yeah. And our property managers take care of those things. And uh, 
you know, we get people involved, our clients involved when important decisions come up. I mean, you Good know, point. we're certainly <laughs> making sure that they're being communicated to yeah. and when maintenance issues come up, vacancies come up. But uh, so there still is some involvement and there should be from uh, from our uh, owners. But it's amazing when things are going well that month after month after month, they're just receiving what we call mailbox money, although it doesn't come in the mail anymore. We direct deposit it mm-hmm. into our clients' accounts. But they're just receiving that money every month. And they may do a little bit of accounting at the end of the year. And other than that, it's a hands-free, passive business that they've got. It's a beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. Well, I think it was a great discussion. Thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you're enjoying all the content. An invitation, obviously, to anybody listening is if you'd like us to address a specific subject or you have a question, we'd love that interaction. Um, it's been awesome to hear some of the comments from uh, from some of our yeah. listeners, our clients. Get some engagement. And so uh, thank you guys for tuning in. And uh, boy, this is, important. this is an important subject. Everything we cover, Jared, oh, of yeah. course, is super important. I really feel like we're getting some good content here, and I don't know where else you're getting this, especially if you're, uh, this this information is good for investors anywhere, but in particular, wait, wait, where is where are people getting this kind of advice right here in Utah? Uh, it's so local, it's very specific, so yeah. I think it's a, a, a pretty neat uh, pretty neat uh, subject matter that we're taking on. Yeah, and and again, uh, this show we can cover a number of different topics, and I think um, property management or like we've referred to it, landlording. Uh, some of these issues, if you ch- decide to do it yourself, we want to make you a better, a better landlord. Yeah. We encourage you to look into property management, but we want to make you a better landlord. Or at least as an investor, understand what it takes and that perspective. So we'll continue to cover some topics that have to do with the actual running of a rental property. I think those are really important topics that I hope will be helpful to our listeners. So again, thank you for watching us on YouTube or listening to us on uh, the podcast. Uh, We really appreciate the opportunity to uh, spend some time with you.